Well, due to the pandemic, a lot of entrepreneurs have been going into business, it seems. Um, along uh, our attorney, Brian King, our business attorney and thought leader on AugustaBusinessDaily.com. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Fantastic. Um, it seems like um, some entrepreneurs are working from home, but things are seem to be getting back to normal as we're towards uh, March right. now. Um, any advice for entrepreneurs that maybe want to enter into a lease and go to an office building or maybe a retail location? Well, yeah, one of the first things that a, um, a, and a client business owner is going to do after they get their company formed and we go through all of the uh, preliminary stuff, then they might, they're going to look for a place to have their business if they're not going to be working from home. And, you know, so location is going to be very important as to where, where they're going to be located or people going to find them and and, uh, find their business. And so, um, and then we have Sometimes I wind up reviewing a few different uh, lease agreements for my clients because they may be choosing between mm-hmm. a couple or two or three different places. And um, sometimes the lease terms can be so varying and different between the, the uh, different locations and because they've got different landlords and different requirements and all of that. Um, so, but we, uh, we look at several different things when we're reviewing the leases. And so one of the things we look at is how long is the term mm-hmm. and are there options to renew? Because if a client is going to be successful and they want to, you know, stay in that location for a period of years, but they don't want to commit to that long-term uh, lease right at the front. Right. Exactly. A lot of landlords want five year commitment. And um, so if we can get the landlord to agree to say a one to three year uh, initial term, with a couple of options to renew, and we've already got the uh, the turn the uh, the rental rate set for those additional years, then that's perfect for the client because then they have options. If you know if the business were to fail or they decide to move somewhere else, they've got that option. Or if they want to continue in that location, they've got that option. Um, some of the other uh, provisions in the lease that we want to look at um, relate to the condition of the premises, whether there needs to be a build out or some change to the location to fit the, the client's business. Um, we also look at the uh, HVAC system. How new is it? Does it need to be repaired before they move in? Or does, does, it, does it need to be some limit or cap set on what the tenant would have to spend to uh, repair it if necessary? Um, you know, things like that. In addition to a lot of uh, you know, jurisdiction provisions where they would litigate if there's an if there's a problem, um, you know whether there's going to be attorneys fees uh, provision, you know whether the, whether the if the prevailing party can get attorney's fees and that sort of thing too. Sure. So all kinds of things. Well, we're continuing to chat with business attorney, Brian King, and you can find information for Brian online at businessattorneylaw.com. He has offices in Augusta and also Atlanta. And you often see the term CAM, CAM, in leases, whether it be <coughs> office or whether it be retail, what does that stand for and what are the types of components to that? Yeah, so CAM stands for Common Area Maintenance. Okay. And so the um, the lease will set forth who's going to be responsible for uh, maintenance of the common areas, such as the walkways in front of the uh, facility or, um, you know, uh, landscaping, th- things like that. So, um, you know, Generally, I'll, you know, the landlord is going to want the tenant to have to pay for that. And so 
they'll take the annual cost of what they expect the maintenance cost to be, and they'll uh, have the tenant pay that as part of their, in addition to their rent uh, each month. And then if there's a, uh, a uh, discrepancy between what was actually spent and what was uh, collected, then they'll um, uh, true up that amount at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, What should a business owner do if the landlord maybe isn't fixing things? Like, for instance, if you have rent due on the first, can you make the repairs and just send them a little note and say, (laughs) I made the repairs and I'm deducting $425? (laughs) Generally not. So generally the lease is not is going to say, you know, that you cannot do that. And the lease says that you have to make your rent payment regardless of whether the landlord is doing what they should be doing. And so the you the best course of action would then be to go ahead and pay the rent so that the tenant is not in breach of the uh, lease. And then you can work with the landlord to try to get that fixed if you needed to take them to court or, you know, or negotiate with them on, you know, getting to them to follow the terms of the lease. So because the lease should state what the landlord is responsible for versus what the tenant is responsible for covering. Okay. And we should say um, some of our conversation actually stems, uh, stemmed rather from a conversation <coughs> Brian had with our reporter, Josh Heath of Augusta business daily.com. And Brian is one of our thought leaders. So he has articles and he has podcasts on our website. I invite you to check that out if you'd like to learn even more details about having a lease. And again, just go to AugustaBusinessDaily.com and you'll see our thought leaders section and just drop down uh, to Brian. And before we let you um, scoot um, as it relates to uh, maybe real estate and even leases and such, um, I know some people may not want to invest in a volatile stock market, but they may want to invest in a strip center or they may want to invest in property. Can you assist with that? I can. Yes. And I've have several clients who, who, um, wanted to do real estate, real estate investing, whether it be buying residential, uh, you know, homes to rent out to military folks or, or just anyone really. Um, or whether it's, you know, investing into a commercial, uh, venture. So, um, with the, with the residential or, or the, uh, commercial though, um, the first thing I would do with the client is we would form an, an LLC or a holding company to, to hold that real estate so that, um, they wouldn't have, uh, they limit their exposure, you know, personally, their personal assets, we protect their personal assets from what could happen with the, the real estate. So, um, and then I also uh, prepare the lease agreements between them, the LLC, and the tenants who are going to be mm-hmm. renting the property. Um, and with some of the commercial uh, ventures, like sometimes I'll have a group of clients that come together and they want to in, invest in um, uh, just commercial real estate all over a particular area because they know the area really well. And um, so I'll set up an agreement, an operating agreement between them and um, they'll each put in certain, you know, contribute certain funds to the company and they'll have certain financial rights as to what they will receive when the company makes money. And, uh, but they're all protected. They all have limited liability in that, in that venture. So, and once again, the best way to get in touch with Brian is just go to his website, a lot of great resources and information and it's business attorney law.com. And, 
before we end this segment, uh, some enhancements have been made here in the podcast studio. What do you think? Right, it's a lot brighter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's brighter. It has a has a bit of a Dateline network feel, which is really great. <laughs> you know, this is in keeping with some expansion that they're doing. We want to put up a screen if any um, area business people in the Georgia Carolina area or even across the United States, they've actually rebranded and it's get on up productions i guess a tip <laughs> of the cap to james brown augusta's favorite son and they're able to really do anything worldwide virtual kind of recording and we always like to give them a shout out and the information is up on the screen if you would like to get in touch with uh, either of the partners there david or chris and we're pleased to be rejoined by business attorney Brian King, and I'm Neil Gordon with AugustaBusinessDaily.com. And by the way, Brian's a thought leader on uh, our website, so if you ever want to learn some more information, you can certainly do that or go to his website at BusinessAttorneyLaw.com. So years ago, when my brother was in the shoe store business at 17, he was a manager and he said, Neil, if it wasn't for the people, we'd be great. But, <laughs> you know, employees just kind of drive the engine. And do you wish maybe employers would spend a little more, more time being careful on the front end? Oh, of course. I mean, with, <laughs> with, with most things, they should be careful on the front end and, you know, call me first before they get into, into certain things. And, um, you know, it's true with, with employees, dealing with employees, you know, having employment agreements for your key employees is, is important. Um, you know, having, having certain provisions in there about, you know, what their duties are, what their compensation is, whether there's a notice required before they uh, terminate or, um, and, you know, something that talks about their, what benefits they're going to have, you know, whether it's health insurance or, uh, you know, 401k plans and that sort of thing. And, um, and also uh, having the employee agree to keep things confidential. You know, they're going to learn a lot of confidential information about your business that you don't want exposed to the public. And so you can have provisions in the employment agreement that limit their ability to disclose certain things. And, um, and also, you know, having a non-solicit provision is important because, you know, let's say that they're terminated <coughs> for whatever reason. And you don't want them to solicit your uh, customers to start their own business or right. to uh, solicit your employees to come work with them instead. Um, another similar type provision, but more uh, can be more uh, detailed, is a non-compete agreement. So mm -hmm. having having the um, uh, employee sign that non-compete, so stating that they can't, for a period of time, compete with your business if they leave. Um, you know, and then also in the um, employment agreement, you'll have a jurisdiction provision that says where you're going to litigate if, sure. if, you know, if the employee moves to another state, but you're still going to be litigating in the area where they're sure. working. You know. so, so just to back up just a little bit, for those who are not under an employment agreement, I guess it's right to work. Yes, that's right. The, the Georgia and South Carolina are both right to work states. And, um, you know, meaning that um, they're not going to be, you know, joining a union and that sort of thing. But they're also at will employees, you know, and um, meaning that they can quit at any time or you can fire them at any time, you know. And as long as you're not firing them for an unlawful reason, like some sort of discrimination based on race or uh, then 
that then yes, that's at, at will employment. Do you recommend still doing the old first warning, second warning, goodbye, or because it's right to work, if you just don't feel someone's working out, you just let them go? Well, if you, of course you can legally do that, but it's best to have a policies and procedures in place. So, so if you're having an issue with someone, they're not performing as well as that you think they should, uh, or their performance has changed over time and you're not liking what they're doing, you could, it would be best to, to write them up, you know, and basically what I mean by that is, you know, have something in writing that you go over with them and you, you tell them about their performance and why it's not acceptable and how, what, what steps you want them to take to improve and give them an opportunity to do that. And then if they don't, then you can terminate them and you've got everything in writing and, um, then, you know, you're firing them for a particular business reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and it makes, uh, allows you to have protection against any claim that you were firing them for an un unlawful reason. You know, another way, I guess, to be protective, I remember when I actually worked for a few of the TV stations, they handed me this thick book, and they even had people come in and do training on different things. I, you know, do people still do handbooks? Yes. Um, I've got several um, businesses that I represent where they have several employees, and I've drafted, you know, handbooks for them so mm -hmm. that they've got their policies and procedures in writing that the employee is signing off on saying that they have read, received and read the handbook and that they're going to abide by those policies. And, you know, policies such as, you know, sexual harassment policies, you know, and if, if they are experiencing sexual harassment, who are they supposed to go to in the company? Is it their supervisor, you know, that sort of thing, or, or the owner of the company? And the um, uh, letting the employees know where they can go if they do have those issues so that the, the company has a way of dealing with certain things that come up, you know. Uh, the handbook can go over things like paid time off. Um, it can... Uh, talk about procedures for customer service, you know, things that are specific to that business or industry that the employee needs to, um, to do in order to be successful in the uh, business. That's something good too. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I do prepare handbooks for my clients and I do recommend them if you've got uh, several employees. Has there been a COVID clause in any of these handbooks or have any of your clients Recent, asked about that? <clears throat> Recently there has been, uh, because of, you know, COVID being so such a big issue, mm -hmm. um, it, it is good to have that in your handbooks now uh, to let employees know how you're going to deal with um, COVID situations, whether it be, you know, them being sick and needing to quarantine for so many days or, you know, giving notice to their uh, to the employer about, about their situation. Um, you know, uh, and then, you know, also you're protecting other employees at your mm -hmm. business because you don't want, if your whole staff got COVID, which says has happened to some businesses where the business had to basically shut down or, you know, and, uh, because of, uh, the infection, you know, so, um, uh, but yeah, so you're right. That is something that should be in handbooks now. Wow. Um, what's the best um, way for you to learn about a company? I mean, do you sit down with them for a period of time or how do you, how do you engage? I do. Um, I do like to meet with the business owner, whether, I mean, it can be by phone. That's totally fine. Um, but to get an idea about what their business does, what their, what their goals are for the business 
And um, that helps me a lot in, in terms of planning for helping the business plan and uh, what we're going, how we're going to set things up. Excellent. And maybe a good way for you to get started, if you even just have a question related to employment agreements, non-compete non, uh, clauses, handbooks, policies, procedures, uh, please just go to Brian's website. It's businessattorneylaw.com, businessattorneylaw.com. Brian, thank you again for the knowledge. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay.